You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and I am joined by DJ Brown. And DJ, you might not know this, but the episode we're talking about today is something I'm like super interested in. Really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is an interesting topic, but like, it does surprise me a little. I didn't realize you were this into it. Yeah. But that's cool. This is a good one. This is one that we've been kind of waiting to do, I guess, for no reason other than just not having the right guest to do it. And, you know, we finally feel like we've got, you know, the right guy for the job to talk, you know, about this subject. So today, we're going to be talking about credit and credit scores and building your credit and repairing your credit and all sorts of fun stuff, which to me, I mean, to be honest, it kind of sounds a little boring. So I don't know why you're so excited about it, Mike. But <laughs> I think the reason I'm so excited about it is because like, I feel like nobody really knows how to build credit or like that no one actually understands credit, I feel like. <laughs> So maybe that's the case or maybe you just don't and you're, you know, pushing that off on to others. It could be. I work with like credit a little bit. So (laughs) I feel like I know a little bit more than the average person, but probably not. Well, if your boss is listening to you, you're not doing a great job of selling yourself. (laughs) That's okay. Bear with us if we have connectivity issues today, because Mike Tell them the story about, like, what was it, two days ago when we practiced yeah. a Zoom call real quick? Yeah, so really quick, DJ and I were trying to figure out how to set up these cool backgrounds that we've got for the video. And so we were on Zoom really quick, and my internet is, like, trash. So <laughs> anytime I turn on my microwave, my internet just, like, explodes. It just does <laughs> not work. So... Like I was heating up food, so there's just like 60 second windows where everything shuts down. <laughs> yeah, you literally like turned your microwave on and you were gone. Yeah, and then, and then you came back and you're like, my internet doesn't work when my microwave's on. My wife was, heard you, and you and her go way back too. And I'm like, she's like, those things are not supposed to be kidding. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. it's really annoying because like when I'm trying to watch YouTube videos or anything while I'm eating, it always stops working. <laughs> for yeah. <laughs> a couple minutes but and then matt uh our guest with us today matt fox matt do you prefer to go by matt or matthew yeah, matt's on fine. this bad boy okay cool we're low-key like that you know if i called you matthew i feel like you'd be in trouble or something but and matt you were just telling us about your internet provider which is called what now in the sticks <laughs> in the sticks like literally like that's the worst possible name i could think of for an internet provider like yeah. they're literally leaning into their poor quality so yeah we may have issues tonight but we'll, we'll try and get past it but anyways let's get moving because this one might be a little bit longer episode we got a lot to get into real quick introduction of matt so matt is actually one of the financial planners for perspective wealth planning who is the firm that we've partnered with through stock dads to provide all of our 
financial and retirement planning for our All-Star and Hall of Fame subscribers. So Matt, you know, you meet with our guys and walk them through, you know, all their finances and kind of get a picture of what they're doing, what they can't, you know, where they're at and come up with like a really robust plan for them, like all the way through retirement to try and help them get there. So kind of just real briefly introduce yourself because we have Mike Tedeschi on all the time, who is one of your partners, but we haven't had you on yet. So just real briefly introduce yourself and give us your background. Yeah, sure. So I've been a financial planner now for almost 15 years. We started Perspective Wealth Planning four years ago. Myself and Jared are the financial planners. And then Mike, obviously, he's been on podcast a couple of times now. He heads up our investment committee and runs our portfolios. We specialize in financial planning and making sure that we really leave no stone unturned when we're trying to figure out a plan for someone. We're a little different than the industry that we're not just a cookie cutter solution for everyone. We're actually a unique custom financial plan for everyone that we meet with. Yeah. You were telling me of a really cool stories, you know, of just like clients and stuff that you've worked with through our program that had been, you know, really awesome success stories. And we'll wait to get their go ahead to share some of those stories down the road and that kind of fun stuff. But it's really cool the way that you're impacting the lives of our members and getting them, you know, down an awesome path. So that's just one of the benefits of the Discord. But I'm not gonna spend a ton of time selling that right now. Let's jump into the good stuff as Mike would call it, this credit stuff that he's like itching to talk about for whatever reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you're hating on credit right now. I mean, yeah. I'm excited to talk. <laughs> yeah, Matt's ready for it, dude. I think you're the weird one. <laughs> I know we do have a lot of like live viewers right now and stuff. So I mean, like, I guess it's an exciting topic, but for me, it's just like, okay, like, it's cool. Like, what, it's and maybe it's because I don't get it's, it. It's because you've got the goat of credit scores already. I do have a really good credit score, <laughs> so I don't really think about it too much. So maybe that's why. I don't know. DJ um, flexes on us with his credit score, like, like regularly. You know, it's like the only <laughs> thing that I can flex, so I'm going to do it. But anyways, before we jump into that really briefly, today the stimulus bill passed. So I just wanted to briefly get your thoughts on this map because I felt like it's too big of a news item to not touch on it briefly. So, you know, just real briefly, kind of what are your thoughts on how the stimulus bill is going to affect the market as a whole? I'm not going to get into all the details of the bill because it's crazy, crazy long and convoluted. We'll get into that maybe in another episode, but, you know, real quickly- How do you see this impact in the market? Is it already priced in? You know what? I think it's already priced in. I mean, this was the expectation since December that a bill was going to be passed. I think the only surprise that really came out of it was the unemployment relief uh, and tax credit. I don't know the details in regards to if there is a income limit, but right now, as it stands, the first 10,000 of unemployment insurance is actually going to be a tax credit back. So you're not going to have to pay taxes on that first portion. So mm. that was really the only surprise in the bill, you know, besides all of the other government spending that we'll find out about in the future. Um, I think the market priced it in. And I think the more important thing is just the key levels that we're at right now and are bouncing off of. Mm. So, Gotcha. All right. Well, cool. We'll probably do another bonus, a little more in-depth episode that might even air before this one does, to be honest, with Mike Tedeschi, probably, you know, I'm going to sucker him into another emergency episode like I always do, you know, and I'm putting it live on the air right now. So there's no way out of it, you know? 
All right. Well, Mike, since you're so excited about this, I'm oh going to let you oh God. pop the proverbial <laughs> credit cherry here and go for it. First question. All yours, okay. buddy. Okay. So I guess to kick things off, can you just break down really quick what is credit, why it's important, what you can do with it just to as a starting point for us? Yeah, sure. So on a macro level, credit is by far the most important asset class in the world. Without credit, nothing financially could ever get accomplished. So to Mike's point of being excited about it, it is extremely important, okay. but on a micro okay. level. You got me a little bit more so- excited already. You draw me in, you learn me in. So on a micro level, I mean, credit is just you borrowing money from someone and having to pay it back you know, in the simplest terms possible. We'll get into credit score and other things, but anytime that you either borrow money from someone or have the ability to borrow money from someone, that's going to be your credit. And your ability to access credit is going to be huge throughout your life. It might not be at this time, but at some point in time, you're going to need credit. Right. So talk about the credit score and like how that kind of applies to all of this, because For me, the part that's always a little bit up in the air is what that really means and what it really does for me. So go for it. All right. So your credit score is broken down into a couple different categories. And the most important is your previous two years of payment history. Okay. The next part of credit, they're going to look at your revolving credit or so think of credit lines or credit cards. So that is the ability to borrow. You might not have a balance there, but you have the ability to use credit. And then the last part of credit is going to be your other type of credit loans, like a mortgage or car loan or some sort of installment payment that you're making a payment every single month until your overall debt is taken care of. So those three things that you just mentioned are like built in? Those are the main three. Now they also look at how many times that you try to apply for credit. So that would be an inquiry or a hard inquiry, and that will affect your score as well. Mm -hmm. But really, the main three things are going to be those first three. And really, payment history is going to be the driving factor for the majority of your credit score. Gotcha. Are there strategies to actually build your credit, or is it just something that kind of organically happens as you get a car and get a home and stuff like that? Yeah, you can actually implement a couple of different strategies to try to get your credit score higher because the reason why you want a higher credit score is because it opens up more opportunities for credit in the future. And also the biggest thing is it gets you a lower interest rate. So how do you build that credit? Like, What does that look like from the micro scale that you talked about? You mentioned all the different things, but if you don't have credit or good enough credit score or something, you can't access that credit. So I guess let's talk, you know, ground zero, you know, somebody who, not necessarily ground zero, but somebody who doesn't have a great score, you know, or is just starting off. What does that look like for them? How do they get started? Yeah. I mean, I kind of have an interesting story because I think I, at one point in my life, had the lowest credit score I've ever heard of in my entire life. Can you share what it was? Are you uncomfortable doing yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I had a 385 credit score at one point. So that's double mics already. So we're good. We're good. I'm just kidding. So my uh, senior year of college, I had no idea about credit 
and got a job to go get my licenses to be an advisor as soon as I graduated. And they ran my credit after I passed my test. And they're like, ah, uh, yeah, you can't be an advisor. <laughs> yeah, your credit score is 385. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And then I started digging into credit and understanding it and have built that up throughout time. So yeah, I can definitely share ways to enhance credit and what you need to be looking for and what you need to be doing. So, so yeah, I am curious about that. But before we get into that, what are things that will negatively impact your credit score? If, you know, I'm a college student, I don't have any established history, will I have a really bad score or will I just not have one? You'll have a bad score because length of credit history is a factor. It's not the most important factor, but it definitely plays into things. So if you're in college, the question becomes, do you have a student loan? because that will be an installment line of credit. Well, not a line of credit, but an installment payment. You might not be paying it yet, but you have something on your credit report there. I would definitely suggest getting some sort of a credit card, even if your limit's only $200 or $250. Definitely get that and start using it and paying it every month. You asked what negatively impacts it. Missing a payment is going to be your biggest negative for your credit score. The second one is going to be maxing out your credit lines. So if you have a $1,000 credit limit on your credit card and every month it's at $1,000 and you never pay it down, you just pay your interest, that's going to negatively impact your score as well. So they want you to have credit, but they don't want you to use it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. They just don't want you like to, this, they just don't want you to use all it's of like it at the same sick time. Saw movie game. It's like pick your poison. <laughs> you know, you have credit, but you don't want to use it. So explain that. I think that's a common misconception too, is that like having credit cards is bad in general, but it's not. So kind of just talk about the misconception of what I just said. I know that that's not true. I'm obviously yeah. being facetious, but like it is something that a lot of people think is that like well, I shouldn't have credit cards at all, or I should never finance anything or whatever because pay for it in cash. You know, the whole Dave Ramsey, you yep. know, mantra and stuff like that, which I'm not about to go up to war against Dave Ramsey here. You know, is, we're a small. <laughs> Let's pot. take him on, dude. Start a scandal. Let's get some clout. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't want Dave Ramsey knocking down my door. He can care less about me. But talk about that like misconception, please. I have no problems with a credit card. I think that everybody should have one. Where you get into problems is when you don't pay it off. Because usually credit cards come with a 20 plus percent interest rate. So if you're not paying your credit cards off every month, you would essentially need to be making more than 20% elsewhere to be able to break even for the month. If you look at your overall household as a spreadsheet and you're giving away 20%, of your money on even $2,000 or $3,000, that adds up every single month and is a really a big detriment to your household. Just like if you continue to have losing trades, it starts to add up over time against your overall portfolio growth. So mm -hmm. avoiding the losses or avoiding the big interest rates is definitely something that's important. Mm -hmm. You just financial health in general. So yeah, I'm not against credit cards. I think everybody should have one. I personally put all my bills on a credit card and just pay it off the next month and just collect the points. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's actually something I've been meaning to do because I don't have a credit card. I've never had one. And I would like to get one. Just Weak. <laughs> what a scrub. So that's why he was interested in credit. Yeah. yeah. No, He's I. Like, uh, oh, my score is horrible. That's what I'm talking about. This. <laughs> fix it. No. Screw you, dude. Yeah, I've wanted to get one just because I think it would help bump my score up a little bit by paying it off each month. One thing that I did want to ask about that I think is also maybe a misconception is something that recently happened to me. So I paid off my car like a month and a half ago or something like that. And the score dropped like 15 points or something like that from paying it off. Is that just because I don't have that credit of like payment history or anything like that showing anymore? Yeah. So your payment history doesn't disappear but your credit mix is different now. Okay. So credit mix is a little part of your score. So if you pay off your installment line or loan and don't replace it, then you may, well, you don't have a credit card either. Mm -hmm. So you don't have any revolving credit or access to credit. So when you actually get rid of essentially one of your only credit accounts, it will negatively impact you right away. But that's kind of just a timing thing. Uh, it'll eventually build itself back up. Gotcha. Because, yeah, like for me, I pretty much have my mortgage and student loans at this point, and that's pretty much all I have. So that was one of the reasons I was really looking into getting a credit card, just to have something more show in there. Yeah, I would definitely recommend getting one. All right. So let's say if two people, let's say me and Mike had the same credit score, which we don't because mine's way infinitely better than his. <laughs> just kidding. There it is. There it is. <laughs> had to throw it in there. Had to flex. No, I'm just kidding. Mike, we'll talk later. We'll fix that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> if I could get a higher credit score than DJ just to like flex on him, like just to put him in his place, that would be great. <laughs> we'll do that as a testimonial. We'll get your credit <laughs> yeah, score higher. By the time <laughs> if you do that, our partnership with Perspective Wealth Planning is over immediately. I'm just kidding. No, that'd be a miracle. I'm just kidding. Okay. So let's say me and Mike had the same credit score. Are those credit scores always created equal? Like, or is it different? Can they be broken down differently? This is a hard question because I've heard stories of like, you know, people having a 750, which is excellent or whatever, right? And that's great. But then like they go and they apply for something that they should be getting and they still don't even with a great credit score but then like i can go get something with 750 i'm just kidding (laughs) but like could get it and not the other person so are all scores created equally if they're the same exact score does that make sense all scores are created equally but your ability to pay may be different okay so mike could have a 750 you could have a 750 mike's mortgage is twice yours, but you guys have the same income coming in. Your ability to take on more debt mm-hmm. is there. Mike doesn't have that ability to take on more. So a lender is going to look at the score and say, yes, his score is 750. We can get him a loan. He is going to be one of the better interest rates. Oh, wait, he doesn't have the ability to actually pay this loan. So we can't offer it. Got it. So it's not just the score that these lenders look at when they're you know, deciding whether or not they're going to extend you that line of credit. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the score is definitely important and a huge factor, 
But if you are completely maxed out on what you're able to pay versus your income, then yeah, you're just not going to get that line of credit or loan. Gotcha. So talking about like the actual number, you know, people use like credit karma a lot. And I've heard things like if you check your score too many times, then that drops it. Is that true? And is that maybe like where the inquiries start to come in or is that something separate? Okay. So credit karma is completely different than your actual credit score. Credit Karma has developed their own algorithm to try to mimic what the FICO score does, but it's not really perfect. I've seen Credit Karma scores that are right on with somebody's FICO score, and I've seen them where they are lagging because Credit Karma's algorithm accelerates your credit score to try to make you feel better to then use their platform more. So they tend to have their score increase quicker than what the actual FICO score does. So think of Credit Karma as where your credit score is actually going. So is your FICO score like your actual credit score? Is that okay? It's your actual credit score because that's what a lender looks at. So everything else doesn't matter. Okay. Is there a way that we can find out what our FICO score is or is that just something... Sure. So Credit Karma works with TransUnion and Experian, and they get the data feed in for your credit report. They run your credit report through their algorithm to try to give you a very good idea as to what your credit score is. If you wanted your actual credit score, you would have to do an inquiry directly with Experian or directly with TransUnion and request your FICO score, which you can do once a year and get your credit report. Equifax, right? I don't really talk about Equifax too much. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> After they gave everybody in the world all of the information from the <laughs> all of their credit reports, I tend to leave them out of the conversation. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So I may have dozed off during part of your last response, so you may have answered this, but Credit Karma is a soft inquiry, right? And that's not credit card. That well, it's not even a credit real inquiry. Not even an inquiry at okay, all. so it doesn't affect your credit score when you check it, and it's really just an estimation. It's not like anything real. Correct. So how do credit you- karma is not an inquiry whatsoever because it's not actually checking your credit. It's you're asking credit karma to calculate what they think your credit score is. Got it. So basically don't rely on credit karma for accuracy. I mean, it's just like I mean, something it's, to it's very um, accurate. If you're trying to repair your credit, it gives you a little better score than what your actual FICO score is. But for the most part, Credit Karma is going to be very, very close. It's just whenever you're starting to repair your credit, it's going to give you a little bit of a bump before your FICO score kicks in. Got it. Okay. So can you explain then, I guess, the difference between a soft and a hard inquiry and like how those work because it's like when you buy a car, it's like always a hard inquiry, right? Or like, you know, but like when do soft inquiries come into play and how do those just explain that for a minute? Yeah, sure. So a soft inquiry is somebody checking your credit report for something other than a loan. Okay. So if you want to go get a job and they pull your credit report, that is a soft inquiry. You apply for rent or for an apartment and they pull your credit. That's going to be a soft inquiry. When you go to the bank to try to get a credit card, that is a hard inquiry. When you're trying to get a loan from someone, 
they are actually pulling your full credit report and therefore it's a hard inquiry on your and the hard ones are the ones that negatively impact your score soft do not impact your score soft don't impact whatsoever okay hard inquiries impact your score they don't really impact your score until you get over three in a short period of time got it so mike take note of this soft doesn't work hard does okay i feel like there's a (laughs) hidden message you're trying to tell me (laughs) that's what she said okay anyways (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, sorry, I'm going to butt in and ask one more question here. Can you get things removed from your credit? So, like, you add things in, right? I mean, you have these hard inquiries, and that's usually to add credit to your report or whatever. What about removing stuff? So, I'm going to jump in real quick because DJ just stole my question. So, I'm going to stuff it, Mike. (laughs) So like if you have something reporting negatively, you missed a payment or you have like a 30-day delinquency or anything like that, is there any way you can get stuff like that removed? You can get stuff that is not accurately removed. So that's kind of an easy answer. Yes, you absolutely can. It is a long process to get something removed from your credit report. But if it is not accurate, then yes, you can. The second part of your question in regards to, hey, I actually did miss my payment for over 30 days. You can call and try to kind of throw yourself at the, at the courts. <laughs> the mercy of the courts. <laughs> yeah. The mercy. <laughs> I missed one payment. Is there any way that we can get that removed from my credit report? But they don't have to. They tend not to do that. But it is possible. A lot of the companies that are out there that will tell you they'll repair your credit, they'll try to send a bunch of letters to try to get negative things off of your credit report. I mean, it usually doesn't work. The ones that I've seen the most successful are collections uh, and, and usually medical bill collections. If you pay them off, they'll just remove them for you. But if you miss a payment, man, it's tough to get rid of. Gotcha. So if you were to miss a payment and you wanted to get it removed, would you contact the bank or the lender or whatever, or would you go straight to the credit reporting agency? You would have to go to the lender because if you go to the credit reporting agency, they're going to ask you to fill out a form to remove it. And then they're going to call the bank and say, did they actually miss this payment? And they're going to say, yes, So going to the credit reporting agency with an accurate statement won't help you. Okay. So I have a two-part question, and this is going to be like kind of a pretty beefy answer, I think, for both of these. So take your time. (laughs) First question, if you're starting out college or like if any dads are listening now that are, you know, getting up there in age and have just never really done anything or they have a bad score for whatever reason. Like Mike. Give me like your, yeah, like Mike, right? Well, he's not a dad, so you still have time for him. (laughs) It's actually nice to have you on, Matt. It's been a while since we had a dad on with us. I feel like we constantly are getting, you know, other than Mike and Mike Tedeschi. Anyways, never mind. I digress. Okay, so people that like don't have the best credit score, give me some like, all right, these are some actionable steps to take tomorrow 
I know that this is kind of a also an individualized question and you probably can't give too many specifics without knowing the details. But what would you say like are some things that they can do right away? I think I can get pretty specific here because the first thing that you need to do is actually get your credit report. Okay. And look at it and see why your score is what it is, what's on there. And make sure everything that's on there is accurate. Mhm. Probably if you have a bad score, you'll find that there are things that are on your credit report that you didn't even realize, you know, was something that you needed to pay. It might be a copay for office visit that you forgot about and now they put you on collections, which having collections on your credit report immediately hurts your score because you haven't paid that collection and therefore it's negatively impacting your last 2 years worth of payments. So you need to get your credit report and actually take a look at it. Then you can start to build things that you need. So after you see your credit report, then you need to start taking a look at actually making your payments on time. Once you start making your payments on time, then you go and get different types of credit. So you can go get a credit line at the bank and your credit line might be tied to your savings account. So if you have $1000 in your savings, the bank may give you a $1,000 credit line, but you can't use your savings. That's for somebody that has a bad credit score and is just desperate to start getting their credit built up. So start making your payments on time, get some sort of revolving line of credit, use it, but pay it off so you can show a payment history for revolving as well. And then you'll see your score really start to skyrocket. It doesn't take long to get your score up into the high 600s, low 700s. It's harder once you try to build from 700 to 750 to 800 to 850. But to get to that minimum credit score that lenders are looking at, it won't take you very long. Okay. Really quick, is there like a max score? 850. Okay. Is that attainable? It is. I've heard that's a myth, but I've also heard it's not a myth. So... It is not a myth. It is definitely attainable for anyone under the age of 40. It's very difficult because you're falling into the 20 years of credit history problem. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there is someone out there under the age of 40 that does have an 850 perfect score. But yes, it's definitely doable. You can have the 850 score. Gotcha. So you kind of just alluded to something that leads into my next question. So like the 20 years of payment history and all that kind of stuff. So we're a dad podcast, right? I mean, we're marketed towards dads. Obviously, we have other listeners, but any parents in general that are listening to us right now, is it a good idea? I've heard of people that start trying to build their children's credit like early, mm -hmm. right? Like as soon as they're born or when they're young or whatever. Like, first of all, do you think that's a good idea? And second of all, what are some strategies around that? I don't think you need to worry about it when they're first born. I think that maybe around 16 to 18 would be a time where you could get a credit card for your child, maybe just make it a 200 to $250 limit and teach them then that they need to pay that off. That would be something that would really start to build their credit and show a payment history that people their age just don't have. Mm -hmm. 
Is that something too, like where you would add or where you could add them on to your own credit card as like an authorized user or something like that? And then would that kind of help or is that only if you're super reliable like me and not like Mike who has a terrible credit score where he's going to drag his future children down with him? <laughs> I would like to clarify that I do not have a bad credit score. <laughs> Does not, no, yeah. So like, is that something that you would recommend or stay away from or does it depend on the person's situation? I have seen way too many horror stories of putting your children on as authorized signers or joint owners for accounts that unless you were trying to co-sign to get a car or co-sign with them on a student loan, they are an authorized signer. They can use that card. Mm -hmm. Yes, they will have the revolving balance and all of the payment history on their credit. So if you as a parent are paying your payments on time and you are responsibly using your credit cards, it will definitely build their credit up. But on the complete opposite side of that, if they get a hold of your credit card, there's nothing that you can do mm. about it because they would be an authorized signer on that account. I just could see Jack out of spite. He's like, you know, pissed <laughs> off at me one day. He's just like, I'm going to just go spend all your money, like everything you got. Yeah. I was about to make a joke about that because I could see it too. <laughs> yeah. Paisley's too perfect, but Jack would do it just to, to spite me for sure. No, I'm just kidding. But all right. So that's interesting. But the earlier is not always necessarily the better. I mean, like even if, because like you said, the 20 years, if we start them when they're zero years old, by the time they're 18, you know, like you almost have that 20 year credit history. Are you handing off like a college student with the perfect credit score? You know what I mean? Does that any reason not to, I guess, other than just not being a super necessity? Yeah. I really don't know about getting a newborn a credit card. I just it probably is it probably is age I limits really on before you Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, is that I even mean, a I would thing imagine you can some do? sort of an age limit on the application. Sixteen to eighteen is usually what we talk about and recommend at that point. Right. To start building credit. All right. So I got some time. So earlier we were talking about like you've mentioned a few times stuff, you know, like the two years of payment history being like really big and stuff like that. Does stuff start to fall off of your credit report after two years or is it longer than that or does it fall off at all? Like what's that look like? Yeah. Anything that is not a collection or bankruptcy falls off after two years. So if you missed a payment two years and one month ago, that will fall off of your credit report and your score will be adjusted immediately. So it's like it never happened. I mean, this has been super helpful. Mike, this is kind of your episode here. I know you love this. Do you have any other questions that you're just really sweating to ask about before we move on? Let me think. I see smoke coming out of your ears. Be careful. So <laughs> when you add somebody as like you either sign up with a joint account or list someone as an authorized user, do those look the same or is an authorized user less impactful or what's that look like? It looks exactly the same. Okay. Yeah, the credit company doesn't care. You're just essentially a joint owner now on that account. Okay. Got it. I actually do have one more question. Okay. So for those that are in like a really rough spot, okay, maybe they're thinking about bankruptcy. Can yeah. you kind of talk about how that might come into play? Is that like something that would be good for your credit in the long run? Or is it immediately horrible? Like, talk about that for a second. So bankruptcies stay on your credit for seven years. Okay. 
again, it's kind of the same as the two year. As soon as that payment drops off, as soon as your bankruptcy is seven years and one month old, it drops off your credit report. Short term, yes, it is catastrophic for your credit and credit score and ability to get any sort of a loan. But sometimes you got to do what you have to do to get out of the financial situation you're in right now. I definitely never recommend going that route. But there's a bunch of stories out there where people filed for bankruptcy and then built themselves back up. It right. gave them so the chance to like restart. A, a first option, but you know, maybe a last resort type of deal. Yeah. And a note on bankruptcies, uh, student loans do not count. They will stick with you forever. Unless you're like, Mike, damn it. <laughs> Mike's just every day, Mike asks me and our friend group. He's like, so did Biden like forgive all those things? Yeah. All those loans. Yeah. I'm or, waiting. <laughs> he's like, I'm like not going to pay it just in case they pay them off. I'm like, and me as somebody who paid mine off. which I can't even begin to imagine how many people were in the same boat. <laughs> Sorry. That's a controversial topic. So I'm not going to get into our personal feelings on it, you know, one way or the other, but it's an interesting thought, you know, to have with those. So, but all right, man, we'll save some of these questions for the live Q&A after the show, which is part of the Discord premium perks. But we got to jump into the little bit more fun part of the show. We're going to actually switch things up. Switching it up. For the first time ever, we're not going to do dad jokes as our fun portion. We're going to try uh, something different just because like we've been here for 30 something episodes. It's been too long. It's been too damn long. <laughs> you know, I want to try something new and fresh. So we're going to, we're going to do a little, would you rather? All right. Okay. So I'm going to do one. Mike's going to do one for you and me, Matt, and then I'm going to do one and we'll let you off the hook since we didn't give you a heads up on this, but Mike, okay. go ahead and get us started on this. Oh, I've got two that I'm really not sure which to choose. Just pick one, dude. Uh, the next one next week. Okay. All right. DJ, this one's probably going to be easy. I probably shouldn't ask this one. <laughs> yeah. So would you rather win $50,000 or let your best friend win $500,000? <laughs> Actually, that's kind of hard. And your best friend can't be your wife either. Dang, that's a good question. And you can't ask your best friend to give you 50. No, you can't ask. Okay, so if that's the case, then I'm taking the 50. Sorry, I'm a bad friend. It is what it is. <laughs> you wouldn't trust your best friend to give you... There's a doggy dog world out there. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that. You just said you couldn't ask. Well, I guess am I supposed to... You can't ask. I can't ask, but like... They could give it to you. You could offer? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the 50. I'm not a gambler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. I mean, dude. I wouldn't give you any if you I gave you me five hundred. I know you would. I don't think Andy would either. No, he wouldn't so. either. That's why <laughs> none of our friends would give you. Nope, money. I'm taking the fifty. <laughs> I would give you the fifty. Thanks, buddy. Matt, what do you think? Oh, I'm there taking the fifty. We're all a bunch of greedy. <laughs> Y'all are assholes. <laughs> yeah. I would give out the five hundred. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You lying sack. I probably would. No, you. <laughs> that was a good one. That was good. All right, so. Hmm. Would you rather always have bad gas or always have a really dry mouth? Ooh, I would probably say gas, honestly, because I throw up when I have a dry mouth. That's like my main <laughs> symptom. <laughs> so weird, dude. It is. Nobody does that. 
Dude, I don't know what it is. This is a side tangent, but I've been getting up at 5.30 to go to the gym before I work. Oh, okay. Tough guy. So, for it, so everybody know. <laughs> but I did legs on Thursday last week, and I threw up after so hard. Because <laughs> your mouth was too dry, you friggin' weirdo. Dude, that, it was. Like, that's one of the symptoms. That's like when I know I'm about to throw up. It gets so weird. Dry. That is so weird. Anyways. <laughs> I just know my body. Like, you can drink water while you're there. I do. Right. I do drink. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's always been, like, one of my main symptoms. That's weird. Anyways, no. <laughs> Matt, what about you? So I would choose gas. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Um, I'm in too many public settings. I'm going to have to go dry mouth and just deal with it. And hopefully I don't start throwing up like Mike. <laughs> Dude, you will. You will. <laughs> All right. So for me, I feel like I already always have bad gas. So I'm just going to stick with the bad gas because nothing changes for me. You know what I mean? My wife can attest. I'm just, you know. I feel like it has to be worse gas. Well, you know? okay. I don't know how much worse it could get, but I'm just kidding. I don't like <laughs> that much. Okay. Sorry. It's getting <laughs> awkward. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, this has been a ton of fun. We are going to wrap this up here so we can get into the live Q&A session with the Discord guests. Real quick plug here, Matt. You know, and Perspective Wealth Planning provides an amazing service for the Stock Dads group. Really life-changing stories have come out of this already. People going in and working with him and just really turning their life around. Because what they do is they provide free financial planning and retirement planning for all of our, not all of our subscribers, our all-star in our Hall of Fame. So that's our three-month and our annual subscription, but it literally pays for itself. You get to meet with Matt directly get a specific personalized financial and retirement plan just for you and your situation. So if you're in a rough place or even if you're in a great place and you don't really know what to do with all your money, check out Stock Dads, our Discord. I mean, you get a ton of value. And this is just one of the perks is to get to work with Matt and the Perspective Wealth Planning team. So thank you, Matt, for being on. You guys can go follow Matt. Social media is Perspective Wealth Planning. Check him out at perspectivewealthplanning.com. Follow us on Instagram. I'm trying to do TikTok. It's really awkward and I'm bad at it. So give me some love. Go follow me and you know, like you something just to bug. make me feel not horrible about it. It's true. I'm not going to deny it. So, but yeah, follow us there. Join our free Facebook group. And thanks as always for listening and feel free to subscribe and download and leave us a five-star review if you like us. If not, you suck. We understand. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, we understand. That's what I meant. <laughs> just kidding. All right, All right, Matt. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, guys. I mean, I don't know if you want me to hop into the Discord chat and answer any questions. I yeah, just, we're going to stick around chat, right after so. this recording and do the live stuff for all of our Discord guests. And if you're not in there, then you're missing out on some extra value. So come join us. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.